Hi, welcome to the Meg Pearson podcast, Fertile at 40. I'm your host, Meg Pearson. After many health complications due to alcohol addiction and an eating disorder that ruled my world for close to 20 years, I was told I would never have children. At 38, I naturally and surprisingly fell pregnant and the transition from maiden to mother was wrought with love, grief, excitement, and healing. Becoming a mama was about far more than just soothing stitches and learning how to care for a tiny human. It was, and still is, a relearning of who I am and what I am truly capable of. After over two challenging years trying to conceive a second baby since, I gratefully and naturally conceived my second child just as I turned 41, after three losses and heaps of heartache. I am a doula in training, holistic chef, teacher of yoga, and a childbirth educator, and I am here to share my story because I know it's not just mine. Join me each week for unbiased convos with a no-bullshit approach to faith, infertility, conscious conception, and connected pregnancy, with birth stories, expert interviews, and personal anecdotes to help tell the story of creation. Welcome. Now let's do this. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Meg Pearson Podcast, Fertile at 40. So excited to have you guys here again this week. Episode... 35, I believe. It is Thursday, February 10th, and so grateful to have you guys here listening every week. Man, these birth stories that I've been collecting and doing so many interviews over the last couple of months have just been so magnificent. I I just love connecting with people from all over the world and hearing their experience with bringing their babies earthside. It's been such a learning process for me as well as prepare for our second babe who will be with us in July. So as of this week, we are celebrating 17 weeks pregnant. So we're almost to the halfway point, which seems insane. So many people told me that the second time around happens so much faster. You don't really pay attention to the weeks. And it's true. I keep having to like look up how far along we are. And then it surprises me every single time. Just so busy with life and a toddler and work that um, I just haven't been able to give this pregnancy the same amount of attention. However, that being said, I am connecting nearly daily with my baby and my body through yoga practice, which has been my saving grace so that I get to do, I get to spend some conscious time um, during this beautiful, beautiful prenatal experience. So little babe 2022, as we have been lovingly referring to this child as is 17 weeks, like I said, so makes him or her about the size of a navel orange, about five inches in length, which is so crazy. You would think by looking at my bump that he'd be a lot bigger than that by now. (laughs) Um, But it's interesting what they say is true about your second and, you know, subsequent subsequent (laughs) pregnancies. You do pop a lot sooner, that's for sure. Now, Kobe, my older daughter, she's two and a half years old officially. She turned two and a half at the end of January officially. She's been in school for just about a month now. She's going every single Friday. She loves it. Amazing little preschool in a brand new school actually here in Costa Rica that it's um, the the pre-K classes 
happen in the in outdoor domes that are so they're not directly connected to the school but they are domes and they're air conditioning air conditioned and she just loves it every time I tell her it's we're going to school tomorrow she says yay with my friends so it's been lovely to see her expand her wings and get out of the house and we still have our nanny that comes to the house another four days a week as well so that I can work and do all of the things that I want to do for myself like go get massages and acupuncture and chiropractic work and all of this stuff that I've been really adamant um, to stay connected to and make time for during this pregnancy, just like I did with my pregnancy with Kobe. So I'm really trying to balance out that self-care component as we move through this pregnancy so rapidly. It's nuts. Anywho, back to the birth story. This week, I have an amazing guest on the show. Kate Fisher is from Nottinghamshire, UK, and she's a mother of two who, after the birth of her two children, discovered her innate power within. So she left her corporate career in HR to pursue her newfound dream to be a support for other persons moving through the vastly complicated, magical, and awakening journey of realigning to their intuition. In our conversation today, Kate shares the details and the differences between the birth of her first daughter, Poppy, and her second daughter, Sophia, and what she chose to do differently the second time around. We also cover the power of hypnobirthing in her experience as well as how it um, how it felt to visit that place of oneness and peace during labor while she was in labor land and how birth has really helped her cultivate new ideas and a new version of herself and mission in the world. So Kate now practices as an intuitive alignment coach and runs her business called Ignite Intuition, and where she supports her clients to establish trusted connection and self-awareness, self-trust, and self-honor. And she's just a beautiful human. Uh, without further ado, let's get into my conversation and Kate Fisher's birth story. One last thing before we get into the conversation, I want to remind you that this podcast provides general information and discussion about natural medicine, health, pregnancy, and childbirth related subjects. The content here should not be taken as medical advice, and the content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult with your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Now, on with the show. All right. Welcome, Kate. So happy to have you on the Fertile at 40 podcast. How are you today, sister? Thank you so much. It's so lovely to be here. I'm very well. Thank you. Very excited to talk to you. Yay. So Kate and I have been doing a lot of chatting leading up to this conversation over social media. She shared a lot about my story and I'm really excited to have you here. Um, I've been having all kinds of birth stories on the podcast because I think it's been really important to share, you know, like I said at the beginning of this whole series, the good, the bad, the ugly, the real, you know, the the envisioned, the accidental and everything in between um, because yeah. that's what birth is, right? We can come in with the best intentions and what we walk away with is not necessarily what we, what we uh, had hoped for or intended. And I really, what I really love about you and your story is that you've had a couple of births and you've, and you've been able to really learn and transform through these experiences. So Kate, um, why don't we have you talk a little bit, first of all, tell me who you are without getting too much into what you're doing right now, because that's going to be part of your birth story, right? Um, But just let listeners know where you're coming from and and then you can get right in and maybe tell us a little bit about your first, first birth and how that, how that played out. Yeah, sure. Um, So my name is Kate. Um, I am 37 and I live in Nottinghamshire in the UK. Um, I have two daughters. They are aged two and four at the moment. Um, My youngest is coming up to three in March. 
Um, and I live with my husband in um, kind of rural Nottinghamshire. Um, and um, I have worked in um, a kind of HR and recruitment um, type role for sort of 15, 16 years. And then last year made the decision to actually um, leave the corporate world um, and set up my um, own coaching business. And I honestly and truly believe that at the heart of that um, is this kind of desire to um help and support people to really connect to their intuitive wisdom and tune into um, this kind of all-knowing power and really channel this kind of um, strength and capability that exists within us to um, feel, um, you know, intuitive freedom and confidence to navigate with intuitive freedom. Um, And I, my births, both of them really for quite different reasons, um, you know, kind of sit at the heart of that and in many ways kind of activated my um, initial connection to and exploration of my um, my own intuitive wisdom. So that's um, kind of how it came about. So exciting. Um, it's very exciting I'm so happy to talk about it um so my um my daughter Poppy she was born in September um of 2017 um and I had um the the terminology that was used by the midwife was um something like um an uneventful pregnancy um or or something along those lines um in in that you know I was a little bit queasy I was very tired um but you know all in all she um everything went as as expected um kind of got to this due date with uh, high expectations of um you know having a baby in my arms that day and that did not happen um as it happens all the time with the first especially (laughs) but no one tells us that no I was like what is this date um she hung on and hung on bless her um and so I was um 41 plus six um and under some quite um significant pressure um to book an induction um you know and have a date um in the diary to to be induced if she if she hadn't come and it is amongst the first times I can recall as an adult really, really uh, standing firm and um, leaning into that which I was afraid of, which ultimately was was saying, no, you know, I really don't want to do that. Um, I would say, you know, it's just not me. Uh, I generally kind of go with the flow and I would, um, you know, I, 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 would, I hated the idea of doing something um, that might annoy or piss somebody off, you know. So standing firm in that was really the first time that I kind of activated this sort of power within me and thought you know no I'm I'm sticking to my guns um and uh, which I did um and then um she she came on the Sunday which was kind of the day before the two-week mark where you know things really do start to kind of uh, get pressured here in the UK if if your baby hasn't started uh you know the process hasn't started so she kept she kept us waiting up until kind of the day before that cut off Um, and um the birth was um long is the word I would use to describe it very long and very tiring. And I remember kind of thinking in the um, 
car on the way. So we went to a, a place called the Sanctuary, which was a midwife led uh, unit. And I remembered thinking on the way there, you know, gosh, I feel like I'm going to get there and this baby's going to be born quite quickly. Like I must be really far along. This is, you know, it's really painful. And I remember saying this to my husband, who was a little bit like, okay, sure. I hope that's the case. I really don't want you to be disappointed. Um, and then getting there and um, them sort of saying, you know, you're, you're probably kind of two or three centimetres. <laughs> you know, let's just get you kind of comfortable and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and see how things progress and thinking, you have got to be kidding me. That can't be true. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I'd kind of said, I'd really like to be in the water and just kind of see how I, I labour. Um, and I remember um, quite distinctly, you know, there were moments um, of this real kind of return to centre type feeling where, you know, I kind of thought, look, you know, this is um, this is a really extraordinary process that you have the honour of experiencing tune in and feel it and let it happen. And I remember saying in my head, you know, like come in to come in, get, go through this process, do whatever you need to do to get me to the, to the, to the baby being here. Um, and there were moments of, you know, like complete stillness and, and, an absolute kind of clarity and, and stillness in those moments. But because I didn't know what to expect and I was fearful in terms of not knowing how far along I was or how much worse it was going to get or, you know, how much longer I was going to be in this situation. I, it was like water draining down a plug hole. I I just let go of those moments and, um, you know, kind of went back into thinking, oh, you know, but back to reality, you know, this, this is taking much longer than I thought. It's really, really painful, much more painful than I was expecting and these sorts of things. So I, I, I experienced glimmers, um, but you know, they, they kind of slipped away as quickly as they came in. Um, and so after sort of 18 hours, um, Poppy arrived and um, bless her, I, I actually got out of the water in the end um, because, you know, things were slowing, seemingly slowing down um, and she she came on the loo. <laughs> Oh wow! Um, so after all that, she 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 dropped into a pan on the on the lavatory, which um, will be a story for her eighteenth. Oh my gosh, um, that's so funny! <laughs> I know, and and I remember, you know, the the kind of feeling of um, her head being born. I mean, she was a very big baby. She weighed ten pounds and one ounce. Wow! Uh, it was like four point five four kilograms or something like that. Um, and the feeling of her head being born will probably <clears throat> never leave me. Um, and then her, you know, the rest of her followed quite quickly because obviously I stood up and gravity and everything else and, and lifting this baby up and thinking, that's a lot of baby. <laughs> that's a huge amount of baby. Um, and yes, and, and then, you know, she was she was kind of with us. And my immediate thought after her birth was, wow, I'm not doing that again. Right. That was my kind of immediate reaction, just thinking, you know, no, I I, I no desire to to experience that again. Um and then, you know, quite quickly as the dust settled, like we were saying, I, I kind of quite quickly thought, I want another baby. You know, mm-hmm. I want to kind of experience this process again. Um, and there was an element of thinking, um, you know, I I, um, I want to do that soon because um, of my age, my husband's age and, um, you know, the natural kind of progression of time. So I 
I knew um, that that you know I wanted to kind of try for for a second baby and, and hope that that happened quite quickly, um, and it did. Poppy was nine months old when I fell pregnant again, mm-hmm. um, and I knew um, that I had tapped into and awoken something within me, and that I wanted to reconnect to that if I if I could, if it was possible. Um, one of kind of the immediate um, uh, things that cropped up was um, because Poppy had been such a big baby um, the team um, of midwives um, in my area were really keen to keep um, an eye on the size of the baby so wanted to um, introduce some additional scans and wanted to discuss the possibility at 30 week, uh, at 36 weeks of an induction if the baby was going to be really big. Um, so again, I had kind of an opportunity to sort of practice, you know, practice standing firm and, uh, and, and asking for what I wanted in that situation and um, for, you know, kind of staying true to to that. And I knew, you know, I knew she would be smaller. I could feel that she was smaller as she was growing. She was moving around so much more. She obviously had a lot more space from where her sister had stretched <laughs> stretched my, my uterus out completely. Um, and I could feel her, you know, just whizzing around in there. And I thought, you know, this baby is definitely smaller. Well, um, well and isn't it interesting too that the, they immediately went to that idea when you fell pregnant with your second after you you I you mean you had poppy without complication yes which is yeah. so what's the big deal <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and um you know I I kind of said well um you know she's gonna have to come out whether she's seven pounds or 13 yeah. um so so you know I in some ways is it is it worth me knowing uh, you know, like, is that if I go into this thinking this baby's going to be 11 and a half pounds coming out of me, is that a good thing? Because I didn't know she was going to be 10 pounds one and it was fine. You know, I, it, it was OK. I mean, it hurt, but it was fine. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I kind of um, quite firm on that. Um, I also wanted to uh, home birth. Um, and to um, hire a, a pool and to to birth at home, um, you know. And in my idea, the idea in my head was that you know, hopefully, this would be something that my youngest daughter would be able to be around for, uh, not necessarily involved in. <laughs> certainly, you know, um, you know, there are kind of boundaries around that. But you know, the idea of her being able to be part of her sister being born was something that I. Um, you know, kind of felt very drawn to and um, something that I felt kind of quite passionate about potentially making a reality. Um, I had some iron level issues. Um, My iron levels were quite low and I was um, particularly breathless and a bit sort of wobbly on occasions um, the second time. Um, Lots of kind of spinach and uh, leafy greens and these sorts of things. And I took some supplements um, but actually, um, you know, they had advised against um, a home birth in case I needed a blood transfusion after the birth. Um, now, if I was um, just me and the baby, I would have um, stayed 
at home. But my husband, obviously, um, you know, at that point sort of said, look, I would feel a lot better if if actually we we went back to the sanctuary just in case, because I don't want to be in a position where you're rushed off in an ambulance and, you know, I'm at home with Poppy and it's it's worrying. You know, I just I don't want that if we don't need to do that. Can we kind of go back to the sanctuary? So taking all of those things into consideration, um, you know, we went back for, for the second time um, and, and, you know, Sophia was born it was very so so different she was born within a couple of hours wow yeah totally different experience um but yeah so we went um it, it was bizarre because it was exactly the same day of the week exactly the same time of day um and i i woke up you know and kind of um was sort of half dreaming but thinking mm, these are definitely contractions and it was the same kind of creeping across the landing because my husband had slept um, in a separate room because I sort of said, you know, twinging a little bit might be might be the night um, you sleep, get all the sleep you can <laughs> um, and I'll kind of do what I need to do and I'll wake you up if I need to crept across the landing and said, you know, it's time. But um, I think we've kind of maybe got an hour or so before we, we need to do anything. I'll just kind of see how I get on with it. And no sooner had the words left my mouth, it sort of started in a very, very, uh, you know, rhythmic kind of uh, labouring um, So we needed to kind of move quite quickly. And I think, I mean, we arrived at the hospital um, at uh, probably about 20 past seven. I was in the water um, by about 10 past eight and she was with us for seven minutes past nine. Wow. So really, um, a really, really kind of completely different experience and actually um whilst it was amazing to 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 be such a short experience in comparison the incline in terms of the 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 pain and managing the pain and 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 working with my breath um I there was much less time for that you know it kind of I felt like we ramped from kind of here to here mm -hmm. and there was a vague moment I, which I guess would have been around seven centimeters that I kind of thought you know this is starting to feel a little bit overwhelming um but that was the only kind of moment of thinking well this feels like it's getting um you know too, too much and too overwhelming um but I was able to kind of really tune into that and I think that is where this moment of crossover from sort of this space of reality into this um space of kind of intuitive led reaction happened you know the 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 moment that previously I kind of turned away from and thought oh I can feel myself getting pulled into it but there's fear there there's anxiety there's unsure you know I just don't know how much I can take um whereas this time I felt myself literally kind of turn around and sort of fall into that um like sort of falling into a into into a you know space um and and letting that completely come in and I remember it feeling like um everything kind of closed in and that all I could hear was this um like which was obviously my own heartbeat but this real kind of gentle throbbing um and managing to tune into that and tune my breath into that um, so that I could kind of feel these waves coming through, but that my breath was kind of 
almost this type of motion, you know, backwards and forwards with them. Um, and actually, when I've looked at photos and images that my my husband captured, my my whole kind of body is, um, you know, in in this kind of motion. Um, with my ears under the water, um, so that you know, I I really couldn't hear anything other than kind of what was going on inside me. Um, and the strangest of sensations came when um, I could, you know, could kind of feel her moving down the birth canal and um, this this um, obviously sensation of kind of opening outwards and, and pulling over the top to kind of uh, let her um, move through me um, was breathing the, the the power of breathing through the uh, sensation to push um you know because resisting that um is you know it, the focus required to resist that uh, kind of primal uh, instinct to bear down um and to kind of breathe that out rather than pushing that out um you know i i could it meant i had this kind of amazing but equally bizarre experience of feeling her and feeling her little legs mm. um you know kind of kind of moving through and then you know looking down in the water and seeing this half appeared baby um you know kind of under the water who looked as though she had no idea she'd been born you know <laughs> she was just kind of there and um you know with her little eyes closed and 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 just kind of then made the rest of the way out of me almost sort of snake-like but this kind of motion of wriggling out yeah. um but the 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 feeling of kind of um empowerment of 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 using your your breath through this um urge to to bear down to to kind of almost release um this this baby um was a real um real moment for me for the first time in my in my life um of thinking I there's so much power there there's so much capability there's so much power to within me you know the, this kind of feeling of um sort of pr pride and um uh, excitement and exhilaration and relief you know relief at thinking it's it's here you know she's here it's happened um you know it's it's happened um all of these kind of intense sort of emotions and this real kind of then rush of very natural kind of hormones and this feeling of sort of you know being high on this on this experience um and it lasted it was with me um for for weeks this kind of feeling of um elation and um empowerment at um you know the ability and capability of my body to do what it needed to do when I really lent into this feeling of kind of fear or worry or anxiety and kind of connected to it and trusted it to sort of work its its magic um and it's you know it stayed with me and it, it's it comes in in um it comes when it when it needs to I guess um now obviously you know she's coming up to three years old um but that sense of activating this idea of being open and open to receive and activating this innate uh wisdom um is kind of what's driven me to to this point to where I am today wow so amazing so before we talk about what this has meant for you as as a mother and a woman and uh 
and, you know, in your career, because that's been, been the big shift. Can you talk about any differences between your first and second birth and how you prepared for them? Yeah. Did you do some sort of, you know, hypno breathing course or something like, like what's, how did you prepare for these two births and was there any big differences? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So because of the insight that I'd had the first time round, um, and, and because of this, um, kind of insight into, um, you know, knowing what, what the feeling of, of a contraction is, um, and, you know, how kind of that moves in terms of intensity and how close, how quickly they come together. I knew, um, that I wanted to kind of pursue my knowledge and understanding of hypnobirthing, um, further, you know, I, I just knew, I also knew that I wanted to share that with my husband, who was my birthing partner, so that he had some insight and understanding into my um, my intentions and uh, the best ways to support me with that. Um, and I'm so lucky that he is, you know, very open minded and very willing to um, support me um, in that way um, and kind of hop, skipped and jumped off to the um, hypnobirthing workshop that I that I booked us on to. Um, so I read um, the book is Mindful Mama. Um, the lady that uh, she's a local lady to me uh, she lives in Lincoln her name escapes me it'll come to me um, and I attended a full day workshop with one of her trainers so there was Tom and I and four of the couples um, the other couples in the group were uh, going to be birthing their first baby um, so I she was great the trainership because I had some quite specific questions that I didn't necessarily think were relevant for uh, other mothers you know nor did I kind of want to go into my experience of birth because it's their opportunity to to learn for themselves you know and I didn't want to kind of cloud that in any way so we had some time with her um, at the end and she gave um, real kind of insight into you know breath work and the power of kind of tuning in um, and, um, you know, this idea of kind of opening yourself up to allow the contractions to kind of come in and do what they need to do. And rather than focusing on um, the end result, really kind of cultivating the power to prioritize the process um, and, you know, trust that every step is a baby step forwards in, in terms of getting you to where you need to be. Um, it was also very helpful in terms of, um, you know, answering kind of questions around, um, you know, worries or um, things that, you know, may or may not kind of pop up. And one kind of really valuable thing um that um she taught you know the whole group was um you know the energy that you expend um that, that you expend kind of preempting or worrying about things that might happen you know and they, they, they might happen um but equally they might not um so you know kind of using that little pot of energy and, and kind of clawing that back for yourself so that you can invest it in intentionally, um, you know, a process that is going to serve you and align to you and your needs. Yeah. And, you know, really kind of bring in this, um, you know, your your journey and your experience is unique to you and you 
have the power within you to do what is right for you um, and you know have some guidance where it's necessary and and kind of be open to um you know things changing or or perhaps not going to plan but ultimately as none of that um you know those things matter or define your birth as long as you felt connected to yourself and you felt empowered around the choices that you make um and that kind of really stuck with me because it was like ultimately it really it could go in any direction, you know, no one can see into the future and know exactly what is going to happen. But as long as you felt as though there was space and you were allowed to connect to your innate wisdom and make the choices that were aligned to you, all's good. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I found that kind of quite a powerful um, realisation uh, and quite powerful in terms of kind of almost putting it in my birthing backpack of tools um you know and heading off into the uh into the birthing sanctuary um and thinking you know ultimately um you know i i'm in I, i'm in control here i get to be in control my, my body my baby mm-hmm. um so that was great and she she was brilliant the the woman that supported us um the name's still escaping me it's rebecca something but i'll make sure that i follow that up with you beautiful Amazing. And I think that's really important, you know, to to talk about how our birth preparation shifts often for a lot of people I've spoken to from first to second, (laughs) you know, sometimes even second to third or third to fourth. Um, I know I'm the same. I thought that I had prepared for our first birth. I read a couple Mm -hmm. books. I did an online course and I thought, all right, I'm ready for this, you know, and that none of that prepared me for how to deal with the rhythmic, you know, and like how the contractions, right. The, the way that they build in the, and the, and, and I didn't do any sort of preparation to know how to, to work through them. And like you were talking about that, that urge to push, you know, it ended up causing a lot of problem for me. Cause that was the only thing I knew I could understand to do is follow my primal urges. And, yeah. and I think so many women after having their first experience realize, okay, looking back, it was overwhelming but I know that there's something I can do to be able to work through this and work with my body instead of seemingly trying to work against it and, yeah. and finding yeah. whatever sort of support and, you know, education and theory that, that lands for you and yeah. hypnobirthing seems to be something or something, you know, in that realm seems to be something that a lot of people turn to. And, and it seems to really, 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 really help. Yeah. So let's talk now a little bit about what what this is all meant for you as a woman and a mother and and what you have been able to turn this into as far as your offerings to the world because it's been a, a just such a beautiful a beautiful transition for you and let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um yeah, I think you know the the opportunity to um kind of create um you know a, a plan you know but the, the the birth gave me the opportunity um to kind of you know create um a bit of a plan in terms of kind of how I wanted things to go um and it gave me a very real opportunity to put that that plan into action um but I think the the real um kind of um 
turning points or the real kind of bits that stick out were this idea of um, letting go of uh, perfectionism and kind of chasing this idea of, you know, I want things to be absolutely perfect because ultimately, um, you know, that looks different for everybody and um, doesn't really exist. You know, what, what, what is perfect, you know, tuning into the idea that your best is good enough um, and your best is um, exactly where you're supposed to be, Um, you know, tuning into that idea, but really, really kind of honing in on it and believing it was kind of the one of the big um, kind of takeaways. And the other one was this idea of having someone in your corner, um, you know, holding and somebody that you can rely on to, um, for accountability, um, for support. And, um, you know, this idea that, you know, the, the first, the very, the big difference, the first time I kind of went into it sort of thinking, well, you know, it's me that's got to do this, you know, ultimately it's me. It all comes down to me. Um, and my husband, and, and actually that, that mindset, following me then uh you know into the kind of first few months with poppy uh with feeding and all sorts of things you know really kind of getting quite um bogged down in this mindset of you know ultimately every road leads to me it's all it's all down to me um and and then you know realizing the impact that that was having on my husband and um you know him kind of being able to feel as though he could honestly say to me I found it terrifying. You know, I didn't know, I obviously didn't know what to expect. I have never seen you in that situation before. There was nothing I could do to help. I didn't know the right thing to say. I didn't know what you needed from me. We just kind of got there and it sort of happened. And I just, you know, I I really do remember him kind of leaving the room a couple of times and thinking, God, I hope he's all right. Um, But also... (laughs) I've got, I'm kind of busy here. Um, you know, and, and then asking him afterwards, you know, where did you go? And him sort of saying, I just had to get out. I couldn't breathe. You know, I, I just didn't know, I just didn't know what to do with myself. And me kind of realizing, gosh, you know, there's so much energy inside him there that's kind of bubbling away in this dark space. And actually I could tap into that energy source and I could, we together, we could kind of shift that so that he is able to pour his energy and his uh, light into that whole scenario and and, and understand what's going on and, and what I'm um, doing and how he can play an active kind of role in that and getting him in my corner was the game changer you know that kind of gave me the um accountability it gave me the confidence it gave me kind of this sort of framework around it um and also obviously meant that I really felt comfortable um going wholeheartedly into this zone where I could just exist just me and the labor and the baby uh, and know that he knew I was okay, what I wanted to advocate for me, um, you know, but having that there and not always thinking I need to keep one half an ear on what's going on to make sure it's in line with, you know, what what I want from this experience. So investing um, in him and, and, and bringing his energy into that experience and empowering him and, and, you know, giving him the confidence and the knowledge um, was amazing for the birth experience but then also for us you know as a as um a unit um 
and kind of moving into parenthood with two babies and two breastfeeding babies as well. It kind of just gave us so many more options and it felt much more team-like um, than, than, you know, it had done the first time. Um, so those things were, were really big kind of shifts um, from first to second. And it's really that then that activated this idea of thinking, okay, so... This idea of, um, you know, sort of leaning in and um, welcoming, you know, the things that we're afraid of in um, and, and experiencing them and having somebody in your corner that stands up for you, that listens, that holds space for you, that understands you, that sees you. Maybe I could maybe I could do that for other people. Mm-hmm. And that's where this kind of feeling, this sort of vibe grew from really. Um, and, you know, working out kind of what that would look like and where my niche would be in, um, you know, a, a vast kind of space of coaching um, was, um, is still very much a work in progress in all honesty, because there are so many things that I am, am interested in sharing um, of my own experiences um, and my, my own journey uh, to this point. Um, but also, you know, responding to, to the needs of people when they, when they reach out. Um, and I think one of the big lessons I've learned kind of since setting um, things up last year is, you know, you you can't do everything for everybody, um, you know, so you really kind of need to be clear who it is you're talking to and what it is that you are offering. And this real kind of acceptance of, you know, you will grow, things will develop, but trying to do everything for everybody from day one is, um, you know, is going to burn out you're going to burn out you know you're not going to be able to do that um so really kind of honing in on this idea of intuition alignment and supporting people to reconnect uh with their intuition their innate wisdom their sense of self um is kind of at the heart um of the the coaching that um i offer which um is typically kind of confidence and resilience um navigating relationships and um kind of breaking free from from self-sabotage which are kind of the areas um, of um, where my personal experience is most potent, um, you know, and I kind of feel I'm able to add um, the most value for people. Yeah, I mean, it's so beautiful because I talk to women all the time who uh, through their birth experience, they 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 you know it has it becomes an awakening for them and typically what's being awoken is their inner guru this voice this their soul they're all of a sudden hearing their soul and their heart speak to them in a way that they never have because it's their soul and their heart and their intuition that guides them through the act of childbirth right we're connecting to source we're connecting to spirit all of creation while we are bringing life and i love that you have taken this and harnessed it into, you know, something that you can offer people, all people, not just birthing people to, because it is a gift that we all hold and often have been conditioned to stifle, shut down, ignore, not trust and not have the confidence in. So I love that a lot of the work that you do is helping people, you know, get a handle on that confidence piece because even if you're hearing your intuition speak to you, if you're not confident enough to, to listen, yeah, you know, it's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in, 
looking looking back you know there have been so so many occasions where I have just overridden um you know my own intuition um and and kind of really thrown my energetic um capability off balance because I have been you know very conditioned around action and um you know outward facing you know masculine energy action results success uh you know and kind of existing in in this world and um, you know, tapping into kind of my my flow and my creativity and my you know softness. Um, I think you know the very act of you know motherhood um, and and birthing children kind of um, activates that in itself. You know, it's a it's a it's a very different. Um, although I would say I've probably always been quite a maternal woman. Um, you know, activating that was like whoa, um, here I am. You know, in this space and 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 really really enjoying it but you know the the creativity of my kind of inner child the things that I loved doing as a as a child and um you know this kind of sense of freedom and um you know freedom to kind of express yourself and to be who you are and to 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 kind of tune into this idea that it's it everything is okay you know it's okay and you can get things wrong <laughs> the world will not fall apart you can get things wrong you can make mistakes you can try again you can do things differently you can say no <laughs> you don't have to do all of the things um is is a real kind of um has been so transformational in terms of kind of rebalancing that that energy um so that i feel this um you know ability to kind of connect to my sense of self and to navigate with um fluidity and um a renewed sense of kind of calm and peace and actually you know notice and tune into kind of this idea of fulfillment um you know in 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 other areas rather than kind of thinking well it needs to be an action and it needs to be done yesterday and I want it all done perfectly and if it's not it's a failure and you might as well just scrap it you know this really kind of all or nothing mindset you know this very kind of absolute thinking space that I existed in for so long um kind of prior to, to this and you know don't get me wrong still get sucked back into and you know kind of often have moments of thinking oh that's why this feels not okay <laughs> you know that's why this feels so off to me you know I'm really kind of pushing down this one path and it's it's just not where things feel great for me um but you know believing that actually I I have the power and I am allowed to um tune into that and disconnect from that and reroute or go in a slightly different direction or fold something else in is um is, has been transformational far beyond my expectations and I always think if I can support one person to experience that then that's amazing so so incredible so let's let's share some information with everyone that's listening you know you've been such an inspiration and such you mean such a so well spoken and and I'm sure you've you know drawn up some excitement for our listeners here. I know that your your business is called Ignite Intuition. Where can people find more information about that and you? Yes, absolutely. So um, I am... Um uh, my um I'm on Instagram um as Kate um Ignite Intuition. Um and I am doing quite a lot of work actually on my um kind of establishing my um business on there because I am 
amazed. I'm delighted at the vastness of the audience that is available. Um, and, you know, the people that I have connected with and had conversations with from, you know, so, so many kind of corners of the of the earth is just incredible. Um, so I feel as though it's a very good kind of focus for for energy in terms of kind of um, you know, reaching people with your with your messages and your work. Um, but I run um, masterclasses. I run um, online retreats. Um, I obviously in the UK, this is I um, run a glamping site with my husband. So we are um, a site in 16 acres of kind of um, woodlands um, with a, a yurt and bell tents for people mm. to come and camp with their children and do yoga and meditation and um kind of really reconnect and, and retreat to nature and spend some you know time together off grid really um but also you know well-being um workshops and retreats on that site um you know things like away days for perhaps small businesses that want to really kind of do something meaningful with with their well-being for their staff um and come and spend some time um at the site um reconnecting with with nature which is lovely um so my website site is um, igniteintuition.co.uk there's lots um, of information on there about um, services that are available um, one-to-one bespoke coaching packages retreats uh, online workshops and masterclasses which run um, regularly Um, and then yes all of my kind of links to everything um, LinkedIn Facebook Instagram is is all available from from my website Beautiful. And I'll be putting a link to both your website and Instagram in the show notes so people can click on over and make sure they follow you to stay up to date on all things that you have to share. So, so beautiful. Thank you so much for this conversation today, Kate. It was absolutely beautiful hearing your your story. And I love I love your your daughter's names, Sophia and Poppy. So beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's so kind. It's really lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. Have a beautiful day. And you, Meg. Thanks so much for listening. Please, if you would be so kind, I would be grateful if you could share, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Please follow the show over on Instagram at Fertile at 40 Podcast and share what you thought about this week's episode. Don't forget to tag us. For more info on today's show, please head on over to the podcast website at meganpearson.ca forward slash podcast. Until next time.